Grill Capital. By the way you said it, I assume we're oh, going to we speak are... in English, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, I said Mayor Glusberg, <laughs> real capital. Mayor Glusberg. By the way, you know, I never asked you, your husband is American. He's American. How did you meet him? The law office. We the... were both uh, working the same law office. In Israel? In Israel. He made Aliyah and puff. So he made, he made Aliyah, he, he worked in Israel in a law office, and then he meets an Israeli Iraqi girl, and he falls in love, and, uh, and, and you're together since. Uh, he was in the army first, and then he, he met me. So oh, he came here to do the so army. So was a chayal bodad. It's like yeah, me. Yeah. What did he do in the army? A paklitut. So we're gonna talk about buying properties in Israel. Buying properties. Buying um, issues you may have, cultural issues. So I want to tell you the story, my story. Can I tell you? Can I tell you my story? We'll start with my story. Tell you. Tell me your story. Okay. And and it's an interesting story. I'll tell you why. Because my background is in real estate. So I only assume that whatever I went through, and I speak Hebrew, Hebrew. probably um, is way more difficult and challenging for somebody who is not Israeli and does not speak Hebrew and does not have the background. So my name is Mayor Gulsberg. Um, my parents moved to Canada when I was a teenager. Did I ever tell you that? Yeah. And uh, I did my university, I did a business degree, and then I told my parents one day I'm going to move back to Israel. So I was a lone soldier. So when, what, when did you move to Israel? When I was 22, almost 22, 21. So you're having Israeli culture inside yeah, of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I grew up in Israel, I moved when I was a teenager, I always missed Israel, and I felt like I should go back and do the army and join the army, and, and may, perhaps my future will be in Israel. So I've done my army, I went to university, I've done my university here in Israel, I've done my master's degree, I met my wife, and we went back to Canada. We almost spent 20 years in Canada together. I've never been an adult in Israel. 16 or 15 years into being in Canada, I was writing real estate in Canada. So I was an ex-Israeli, I speak Hebrew, and I own a brokerage in Canada, I'm a, real, I'm a realtor, I buy and sell real estate, I invest in real estate, I understand the business. And you manage them, right? And I manage them, that, that was back in the day, but I'm talking about many years ago, probably about 15 years ago. And then we decided to move back to Israel. When? And why? Because I wanted my kids to grow, up, to grow up in Israel. I were Zionist. I knew this is our home. Canada is temporary. By the way, I still have a brokerage in Canada. I still work in Canada. But so wait, here is the reason I'm telling you. I'm you're, a Zionist, totally Zionist. Yes. Someone told you that Zionism not going to be a walk in a park? <laughs> if you think um, about it. Assuming the fact that I'm Israeli and my wife is Israeli, even though we never had been adults here in Israel, I was only a soldier and a, and a kid. I, but I still assume it will be okay and fairly smooth transition because I'm Israeli, I speak Hebrew. And for Israelis, it's interesting, for Israelis, I'm Israeli. Yeah. So I thought, no issues at all. <laughs> so, but I want to tell you the story. So we decided, okay, if we're serious about moving to Israel, um, we need to make a commitment. And making a commitment will be buying a house in Israel. I never told you that story. So think about it. I own a brokerage in Canada. I sell real estate. I'm fairly experienced and I became fairly successful in Toronto. And we decide, my wife and myself, we're going to buy real estate in Israel. So first we look at different towns. I never told you that, right? Nope. So we came to Israel with our kids. We put our kids with the grandparents and we spent days before even this, before deciding on zooming on a house, just looking at different choices. Are we going to move to Jerusalem, where my wife is from, a Moshav next to Jerusalem, Ra'anana, where I grew up, where many 
people that foreigners also yeah like many people that speak english or french come to Ranana, great town should we move to tel aviv where my brother lives and he tells me of course you're gonna move to tel aviv that's the that's the, that's the coolest the city place. ever coolest city you live by the beach so we went we went through the different options and we started then deciding between tel aviv and we came to visit friends in ramata sharon mm. and we said ah that's where we want to live. Do you know why Ramat Hashon? It's not far from Tel Aviv, not far from the beach. Let's start looking at houses. Tel Aviv and Ramat Hashon. And we're starting to make the first appointments. Don't forget, I'm a real estate guy. And what year? It was probably 2008 or 9. We decided if we want to move, we need to make a commitment. So I'm starting to call real estate agents and I'm looking at expensive homes, not cheap homes. And one of my expensive in dollars, um, spending probably 10, two, sorry, two million dollars or so, like 10 million shekel homes. Okay. And um, because we we lived in a fairly in a fairly nice neighborhood, a really nice neighborhood, a nice house. I said, if we move to Israel, we want to move to a nice place. I don't want my kids to feel like we're there is something that we went down in. even though when you live in Israel, you realize that it does, the house does not really matter as much as it is in Canada. Because you live outdoors, it's a totally different lifestyle. We can talk about it, by the way. It's a totally different lifestyle to live in Israel. So I'm making a phone call and I'm going to see first properties in Tel Aviv. And my real estate agent comes, come late. Came How did late. you find your real estate agent? Sorry. I just looked at uh, back in the day, we didn't have internet. I, on, uh, Friday, on Friday, I would look in the newspaper for all the ads. Apparently, okay. they're still there. And um, whatever looks interesting, I would mark it with a marker and then I'll call the agent. So my first real estate agent comes to the meeting in Tel Aviv and it was uh, what we call the Radgan, a garden apartment in a beautiful, large apartment with a, with a garden. And when the real estate agent came, arrived, um, it took me time to realize, to realize this guy is the real estate agent. I didn't think he's a real estate agent because he came with a scooter uh, wearing sandals, not even sandals, flip-flops, <laughs> shorts. Like, think about it. I own a brokerage in Canada. We dress yeah. up. We put a jacket. We're professional. We're proud of being real estate agents. You come with material. Yeah, come with material. Prepared. This guy came with flip-flops on a tustus, which is a scooter. We call it a tustus. And he also looked like he just finished a paint job. He had paint all over him. So he probably came from, he worked somewhere and he came to show me this 10 million shekel apartment, you know, like two, three million dollar apartment. So it took me time to realize the guy came, comes and approaches me. This is the real estate agent. So that was my first experience. So it took me time to realize a few things. Is we don't have MLS in Israel. It's not an organized market, not an organized scene. And we decided eventually we're going to live in Ramat Sharon, which is a small town. And not only Ramat Sharon, like I'm doing a fast forward, but also in a certain neighborhood. Yeah. But then we realized in this one certain neighborhood, about five real estate agents work there. And they are strong there. Within the five, I really connected well. I met all of them. And within the five, I connected only with two of them. Now, in Canada, you usually work with one agent. Why? Because you have MLS and the agent knows everything and he shows you everything and you're very loyal to him. Quite quickly, we realized in Israel that every agent, one, I don't connect to all of them. Some of them, I don't have the chemistry. Some of them, I don't trust as much. Today, I know I should have asked, do you have license? You don't have license. And then I realized that each agent also knows different properties. 
So it's not like Canada. You should work with a few of them because each one of them knows something else. Yeah. You have access to different properties. So that was my first experience looking for a house in Israel. So we were doing the negotiations. We agree on the price. We go to the lawyer and we say, okay, we start now doing the tiotot, uh, uh, which is the, the paperwork. Yeah, the paperwork. Because we're drafting the contract. In Canada, the real estate agent does it. In Israel, the lawyer does it. So fairly quickly, we understood there was an issue. What was the issue exactly? Okay. The house we want to buy, which is very common now in Israel, does not have an agreement for the title with the next door house. They own together one piece of land and one house was built, not the house we want to buy, more than they're allowed. So basically they use the rights of the house we want to buy. And they argued about it, so they never had an agreement. Now, the, kind of, the real estate agent told you that before? I'll tell you more than that. The real estate agent was not Did even it? aware of the problem. So it's even worse than that. So when, they, when, when, you, when you're a real estate agent in Canada, there is a clean title. You know the details. You, you, you know everything about usually the Didn't property. Didn't you check in the authorities before? No, we didn't know. I didn't know. In, Israel, in Canada, and I'm a real estate guy, when you buy a property, all the rights are registered to the house and everything is legal and you're buying what you see, so, usually what you get. So basically you're telling me it's a wild west here. It's not a wild west, it's on or it's organ I called it an organized chaos. An organized so chaos. So when you're educated it's a chaos, but it's organized because you're educated so you know what to look for. I didn't know what to look for. So that's my little story about buying a house in Israel. But I want to tell you, most agents are great in Israel. They're professional you just need to find the right ones to work with. And today, 11 years later, 11 and a half years later, we have a brokerage in Israel. And I always tell my agents, you need to start building a toolbox. What do I mean by toolbox? If you want to buy real estate in Israel, you need to have the proper lawyer, architect, appraiser, insurance company. You need to surround yourself with a mortgage broker. You need to surround yourself with the right real estate agent. Surround yourself with a team. And the real estate agent really is like a family doctor who tells you which expert you need uh, for each problem and the right expert. Because without the team, and thank God back then I had the right lawyer. But if it wasn't for him, I could, I could, I could have been screwed so badly. I would have spent money on something that it really is not registered right on title, problems with the neighbor. I didn't get any of that. I bought a, a problem property that was under a power of sale and my lawyer took care of me. So today I know if you're buying real estate in Israel because it's such an organized chaos, um, because it's such a jungle, you need to have the right team you can trust. And I think maybe that's our connection, Maya, because we know between the two of us with the experience here in Israel, and I know we can trust one another, I can trust you, but I know today that we know we have this team, the toolbox, that anyone that works with us can, can trust. And I think when everyone speaks to us or to me, I usually tell them, here is the problem. And here, I, don't, I don't know enough about the problem, but I know enough to know there is a problem. And I send them to the right uh, proper uh, professional to take care of this problem. And I think maybe that's the connection between us. I always tell, by the way, I never told you that. But when I speak to people, especially that are not Israeli, and I tell them about property management, I always mention, you know, my partner, Mayan, she's a lawyer. Even it's with a tool. one of our clients. It's, it's a, tool. a tool. Because you, you're an expert. Yeah. Even when you speak to our shared client now, once in a while, I remind them, don't worry. Mayan is a lawyer. She'll know how to look at that. 
So this is uh, something that we need to talk about because our clients yeah. are not from Israel. Right. And they want to buy or they have properties here. And sometimes they're lost. We feel it. And I think uh, we should talk about the problem that they have here in Israel and give some examples because you are very expert. And I'm also married to a lawyer, American, speaking a bit of Hebrew. And he go, he's like he's lost here. He's feel, he feels like he can't understand anything. What, what's the deed and where do you find it? And how can you, how can you really organize all the material in your head to, to an agreement and to, to understanding that now I, I want to live in Israel. I want to buy properties here. What do I do? How do I do it? How can I organize all this information from tons of people that I spoke to? And uh, I think... I think people want peace of mind. They're looking to buy properties here for the future, to live in, whatever the reason is. And they're just looking for uh, a team, as you said it, with a toolbox that comes with everything. When you buy a property abroad, you're probably looking for assurance. You want stability. You want to know you're, you're taken care of. Because when I had a property that was far away, and issues came up like today we just dealt we spoke about an issue with a pipe that burst it burst several in, times several times in one property if this was far away and somebody would have told me that i need to pay for the same pipe over and over again i would feel maybe less secure that i trust whoever takes care of it and to me that's a major issue so when trust trust and, and just the fact that you have assurance it's being handled because can you imagine this pipe burst this morning can you imagine if they were overseas and nobody knew about it well most of our clients comes from that issues they right. have problems someone takes care of it usually their friend their nanny their uh their neighbor and it happened like a big damage happened and then oh my god why didn't i have a property management before right. also the insurance law by empty properties now is very, very um, tied up to have someone come in to visit if you want to insure a property once every few days or weeks. So you have to have someone like this. And um, another thing about it is that I think that it's hard to trust Israelis. Like I hear that all the time. Israelis, you can trust them. It's something that really, really annoys me, first of all. Too, me too. It's uh, a shame, by the way. Yeah. And, it's a shame. And also, I think the service industry in Israel is getting much better. Much better. If you need someone to company you and be one-stop shop for your properties, he will start with you all the dynamic between per looking for the right thing and asking you the right questions why do you want to buy? Is it investment? Is it to live in it? Is it for your future and for your kids? You have to understand. He has to start from the beginning and walk you all the way through the process. We'll make the process a bit more easier and someone is in charge of everything. It's going to be holistic. I'm glad we're speaking about it right now. Do you know why? Because we feel in our brokerage that we get more and more calls um, we have offices in Tel Aviv, Ranana, in areas where usually people from overseas want to buy and, and live in. 
we feel that we have more and more calls of uh, potential buyers that are starting to ask questions. And I think a lot of them do not realize, okay, you bought a, a property in Israel, then what's next? And when you come to this point of what's next, I think that's where you come to and you're the expert and you know what's, what's next. And a lot of times I've seen, and correct me if I'm wrong, people buy properties in Israel and let their cousin or nephew to take care of it, but they're doing it as a favor and they're not committed. They don't have the tools for it. And what and if the there knowledge is, and the expertise. And more than that, what if there is a main major issue who you gonna blame? Your cousin? Exactly. You're gonna uh, you're gonna you're gonna fire your cousin? You're gonna uh, scream at your cousin? Yeah. So I feel that the fact that you have a professional company is important. And also, by the way, not that expensive, and but you can have a peace of mind. Now I want to go back to the leak. This leak that was happening started a few days ago. There was a leak. It was fixed. So assuming it was a property that somebody owned in Israel, and they live overseas. And the leak was detected and it was fixed. Great, right? Problem solved. Today it was leaking again from a different spot. Now, you're living overseas and you think it was fixed. You don't know it's leaking again. Can you imagine if nobody was taking care of and nobody was visiting the property? This would have flooded the place. The damage will be crazy. Then you'll say, so what? I have insurance. Well, insurance, insurance companies will fix it. They'll pay for it but then your insurance will uh, be Price more expensive it, yeah. exponentially. So again, you're paying more. So at the end of the day, you need somebody to take care of your, of your property. What about the rentals? Because we have a lot of properties that owned by foreigners and they have rental properties and also they have a lot of problems. Um, leakages, problems with uh, the sinks, the toilets, with whatever it is. And... I feel like people, sometimes they say, I'll do it from abroad. I'll bring the handyman who is looking over the work, who is taking care that the job really fixed. And who is uh, responsible for it. Or before paying, I want to tell you, <laughs> when I built a house in Israel, I learned from Canada. I had a great, you know, I had a great philosophy in Canada because I, I built and, and fixed a lot of homes. My philosophy was, I pay in the beginning a huge deposit to my trades, and then I know they'll work really hard for me, and they're committed. In Israel, I paid a huge deposit to my trades, and they disappeared because they already made their profit. They already, they, yeah. <laughs> so the, my, my, the cultural, it was a cultural shock during time to realize that's how it works in Israel. But I want to go back to the tenants. I think tenants, I see tenants as clients. You need to handle them. You need to make sure they're happy. You need happy to manage tenant, them. You need to manage them. Happy tenant, happy landlord. And if you think it's uh, um, you just uh, rent it and forget about them, it doesn't work this way. And uh, they, need to, they need to have somebody to call to in case there is a we crisis. We saw now COVID, the war. We have tenant that went to Miluim. They also needed someone to come to the apartment for two, three months to see that everything is functioning. Someone that has a spare key, you know, stuff that we don't uh, usually have in other... Uh, Situation. Or last weekend uh, that I was called uh, in the morning, early morning, there was a big problem and I had to rush, leave everything and leave. So if you don't, and if you don't have somebody to take care of it, it's an issue for sure. Why, why, how did you come up with the idea of having this po podcast? Why are we doing it? 
a lot of people from our clients from abroad asking a lot of questions about property, their properties they already bought, they want to purchase. And I hear a lot of misunderstanding about, about the process of purchasing, about the process of purchasing and renting other properties, looking if to buy for investment or not. If to, uh, how do you manage the property? What do you do when you have a house and you have um, uh, TAMA or projects being built? Mortgages, if they're foreigners, if they can get. Lawyer, the laws, the tax. There are so many questions that they ask me a lot. And I thought maybe talk about it because there are there is no podcast in English for foreigners who want to know about real estate. So And you know why I was happy to join? Because we work together as it is as partners. We do property management together. And I think we're a great team, by the way. You're being a lawyer and you're successful for so many years managing properties for people that live overseas. And we have the brokerages. I have the brokerages on my side. And the reason I wanted to join this podcast so badly, I feel now in the past few months, and we know why, that the phone does not stop ringing. A lot of people from overseas are starting to ask us about properties in Israel. And you know what? They share a common denominator. A lot of them have no idea where to buy, where to start even. Is it Modin or Ranana or Jerusalem or Tel Aviv? And they start asking about communities or what should I buy an apartment or a house? Um, and the same questions keep coming up. So I'm glad we're doing this podcast because I think we can uh, help uh, any, anyone who is interested to understand better the Israeli real estate market. Yeah. And, and you know what? As somebody who lived half of my life overseas, and I think a lot of people will share the same feeling, no matter where you live, Israel the heart is, your, is here. The heart is here. That's your home. We're going to help you to find a home in Israel. Mm-hmm.